Hello and welcome to the fourth podcast in a series from Sadi Records. Sadi Records is a nonprofit organization devoted to promoting the finest musicians and ensembles in the Chicago area. And we're delighted to be talking about a brand new album called Nedudim, which features performances by Fifth House Ensemble and Balladino. Now, this album is quite a departure for CD. We're not going to put any names on the genre. It's genre-free. It's genre-neutral. It's everything rolled into one. It's a wonderful album that will offer you so many different sounds and themes and orchestrations and ensemble work that I think we've ever heard on CD, so we're excited about it. And our guests in the studio are two members of Fifth House Ensemble, Melissa Snoza and Eric Snoza. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I want to talk about this album and try to get the concept across of what it is, but the best way to do it will be to hear some music. But first of all, for those who are not familiar with Fifth House Ensemble, tell us a bit about the history and how it was formed and what you're all about. Absolutely. So Fifth House is celebrating our 10th anniversary season this year, which is really exciting for us. We formed 10 years ago with the idea that people love classical music. They just don't know it yet, often. And it's our job to find as many ways as possible to help them remember why. So over the last 10 years, we've been creating genre-bending performance projects, using music to tell stories, and doing a ton of arts-integrated work in the public schools, which those programs reach approximately 18,000 students per year. Mm-hmm. Well, this album, I think, will introduce people not necessarily to classical music per se, but to a classical music ensemble, if you want to call yourselves that, performing in a kind of wildly different terrain, different atmosphere. Now, I said at the beginning that it's a collaboration with a group called Balladino. You're Chicago-based. Balladino is based in Israel. Tell us about Balladino and how this all came about. Well, that's the wonders of social media. I actually met Anna colleagues with their original bass player, who I met on YouTube and through Facebook. And I contacted them through Facebook just to say, that love is bass playing, and we started chatting back and forth. And I said, someday we've got to collaborate sometime. And he said, well, that could be a problem because I'm over in Tel Aviv right now, but we are planning on doing some travel to the United States, so we'd love to get together. About six months later, he said, hey, I'm coming to Chicago, and I'm bringing my band with me. And I said okay, I'll come see your band. And then afterwards, we'll talk and we'll see how we can work out this collaboration. They showed up at Constellation downtown in Chicago and from note one of their band, I was transported to a completely different place. And I said to myself, we have to find a way to collaborate. So immediately after the concert, I approached Adam Ben Ezra, their bass player, as well as the other members of the ensemble to say that we have to find a way to do something together. When was that? About two years ago now. So you found a way to collaborate on this quite amazing album, and it involves a composer, Dan Visconti. How did he get into the mix, and who is he? Dan is a very well-known composer, and he is also a core member of Fifth House Ensemble. So instead of having a composer in residence who's there for some period of time, he's actually someone who is a core member of the group. And from our perspective on this project, it was really helpful for us to have him not just creating music for the performance, but also helping to curate what we would do on this album in the first place. So is the music improvised? Is it played from music or some combination of both? The answer is yes, all of the above. So what you'll see on this album is a third music by living American composers that engages with American folk music. You'll also see a third music that comes straight out of the Ladino tradition that we chose that Balladino has developed and we created original arrangements around. And then you'll also see a third music that was composed specifically for this project. So Native Tongues is a piece that was composed by Dan. And then you'll see Greek Blues and Raga Etude, which were collaboratively composed with Balladino as well. 
If I were listening to this program, I'd want to hear some music at this point. But first, I do want to, and we'll do this just once, I want to read all the members of Fifth House and also Aladino, and here they are. Uh, Melissa Snows of Flute, who you've just heard, Grace Hong Oboe, Jennifer Woodrum Clarinet, Eric Heidbretter Bassoon, Valerie Whitney Horn, Charlene Klugel Violin, Clark Carruth Viola, Harine Koshak Cello, Eric Snows of Double Bass, Carl Monska Piano, and that comprises Fifth House. And then Balladino is comprised of Yael Badash, vocals, Thomas Mokud, guitar, Ishai Afterman, percussion, and Yoni Dror, didgeridoo. Yoni, I would just say, he plays um, many different wind instruments. It just happens to be didgeridoo on that track. On that particular cut. Um, Let's talk about this first selection we're going to hear. It's the second cut on the album, Noches Noches, traditional, arranged by Thomas Mokud and Dan Visconti. Tell a bit about this cut. Noches Noches is an amazing song that is a favorite of Yael's because of a couple reasons. First, there's this feeling that you get that she describes in the liner notes of being in a hot, warm climate and there are musicians playing through the night and the nighttime is the only comfortable time to be outside. So people are up until the wee hours of the morning. So it's a nighttime that you remember and that stays with you no matter where you go in the world. And she connects this idea to Jews coming from Spain and remembering what it felt like to be at home on those warm evenings. And then after they've left their country, thinking of that and feeling that viscerally as part of their memory. And for her as well, she now lives in Berlin. So she remembers those nights as well in Tel Aviv. So the thing that's also really special for her is that it's a very improvisatory vocal line. So you'll hear that immediately in the track. And it's a beautiful way for her to showcase her artistry through that improvisation, which she's been working on for many years. So let's hear Noches Noches, the second cut on this album, Nedudim, featuring members of Fifth House Ensemble and Balladino. No way 
It's a wild composition. It's called Noches Noches from the album Nedudim. And the vocalist, the extraordinary vocalist, Yael Badash. And we're talking with two members of Fifth House Ensemble. You also heard uh, members of Baladino. So what were the recording sessions like? I mean, Baladino is an improvisatory group, one might say, and you're more rooted in a classical tradition. But how did it all come together in the studio? It was an interesting challenge, that's for sure. Typically, when you go in for a classical studio recording, you have everything planned out to the T. And all you're doing is just going in there and performing exactly what you've practiced for a thousand hours to get perfect. But how they handle a studio session is a lot of times they're making stuff up on the spot in the studio, which is just terrifying for classical musicians. But it provided an interesting challenge for us and we were open to it. So what we did is we had a certain level of things that were prepared and that we knew we were going to perform and how it was going to turn out. And we left a certain amount of things open so that we left room for improvising. Where did this cut fall that we just heard? In that realm, the things that were static were the rhythm section and myself. A lot of the things that were around it, what Dan Visconti did as arranger for this brilliantly, is he gave us just a spectrum of notes. And he said, you can pick from any of these and then just listen around you and try and come up with something. And it really opened up our ears in a new way to listening to those around us. And again, in a studio session, terrifying, but just a lot of fun. 
That's Eric Snoza. Melissa, you said it was sort of a transformative experience for Fifth House. How so? It's definitely true. One of the things that was really exciting about this project is we got to develop it over a period of time. But the thing that was really challenging is that we were working across oceans to do that. So we were very lucky to get funding from the MacArthur Foundation's International Connections Fund, which allowed us to go to Berlin and workshop some of this. And what was really surprising to us the first time we got together was to learn within each group how they prepare and look at music and write music. And for us, it was really interesting because preparation for a classical musician involves looking painstakingly at every note on the page and making sure that you can execute it exactly the same way in a beautifully crafted, finessed manner. And when we came in, With Balladino, they often didn't know exactly what we were going to do on any given tune until we got there. And it's all about experimenting with different ideas and throwing some out and bringing some new ones to the table. So originally we thought, okay, we'll just create arrangements. Dan will help us out with that. We'll come in and we'll play them and experiment a little bit. And it became very clear that with tunes like Raga Etude, for instance, the scores went out the window within the first couple hours of rehearsal. And that piece became a study on improvisation. So it's been a really interesting experience and a really fun one for us to be pulled more into that sphere. Sounds like in a process like that, a lot must have been left to the producer. Can you talk a little bit about how it was working with Steve Rodby, who produced this album? Well, we couldn't have picked a better person to produce this because Steve comes from a background where he's experienced classical jazz, pop, rock. He's had the gamut of experience. And what we needed to make this record really pop was somebody that could give us a good feel. We would go in and get as many notes as solid and crisp as we could. But in the end, if the two languages weren't colliding together well, if they weren't speaking to each other well, it wasn't going to make for a successful record. So very much we do the same thing over and over again. And he would just be listening for that special thing, that special solo that special moment. And we always knew when we had it, too, because he'd throw his fists in the air, and we, we knew it was a good time. So we just couldn't have picked a better person. For those who don't know, in addition to being a multi-Grammy-winning producer, Steve Rodby has been the bassist for the Pat Metheny Group for, what, about 30 years? Yeah. Well, the next cut we're going to hear is called Black Bend by Dan Visconti. Is it through Composed? Yes, it is through Composed. However, with everything that we did on this album that was through Composed and existed, we changed things about it. So with Black Bend... On the spot? uh, Not on the spot, but in the rehearsal process. And actually, by extension, on the spot, because some of it was improvisatory. So with Black Bend, there are many different instrumentations for it, but the one that we base this on is a string quintet. Because Fifth House and its instrumentation doesn't have a second violin, we actually worked with Thomas, who played second violin on this, one of the members of Balladino. And similar to what happened with Raga Etude, some of the solos that Dan painstakingly wrote out in Black Band got thrown away right away. So what you're actually going to hear are his own solos that he wrote and improvised on top of that. And then we added Yoni Drawer on clarinet on top of it as well. So we're adding improvisatory elements on top of a piece that is supposed to sound improvisatory but is actually completely notated. Think back to the studio session for Black Band. Was it all one performance? Did you do one performance three or four times and pick the best one, or was it intercut? Again, I attribute Steve Robbie to this. We played it several times. And again, because there's so much improvisation involved in this, he's waiting for that moment. He's waiting for that time where everything spoke clearly. So it took a few times, and we warmed up to the different studio spaces. And then there was just that one time. So we clean up things here and there, but for the most part, we just do straight runs of the piece. Let's listen to the third selection on this album called Nedudim. It's a CD recording, and it's entitled Black Bend. (laughs) ¶¶ 
That's a mashup, if I ever heard one. That was called Black Bend. The notes to this album, Nedudim, uses the phrase genre-defying. So I think that is pretty genre-defying. You can hear jazz, blues, Indian music, whatever else. It sounds improvised and almost jazz-like. It's quite unique. That's one of the geniuses of Dan's original piece is that it makes a classical string quintet sound like they're making everything up on the spot. But what I love about this particular track is that in contrast to some of the recordings that already exist of this piece, first of all, 
There is a roughness to the sound, which I really love. And with regards to how it was recorded, it took actually very few takes to get this one right, which I thought was really great. The other thing is that you hear such a difference between the two different violin sounds too, which is really, really fun to hear the interplay of you know a classically trained player and then a player who's rooted mostly in Mediterranean improvisation going at it on this track. It's great. How familiar were you with Ladino and traditional Sephardic songs before you started arranging them and playing them on the album? Funny enough, not at all. <laughs> and the thing that was really interesting is that Eric was telling the story earlier about how he met Balladino for the first time and was so excited by hearing them and just thought, what can we do together? So he immediately bought their album at the show. And then we had a long drive together, as we often do in our business. So I'm a captive audience. And he just puts the CD in the dash. And we listen to the whole thing from front to back. And my jaw's on the floor. And I go, I've never heard music like this before, but whatever it takes, let's do something together. So we weren't familiar at all. And it's been a really fun process of discovery. The line of notes Dan Visconti wrote say, this recording reflects the same process of musical and cultural inquiry featuring music chosen by each musician that reflects a cherished musical experience. And he talks on the album about asking each person what their earliest musical memory was. How did that play into this album? Specifically for Native Tongues, that was very much the concept behind that piece, is that he asked each of the musicians their earliest musical memories and what attracted them to that kind of music. And the memories that popped up were basically the story or the narrative ended up being the construct for the piece itself. And as the concert as a whole and what we've been touring with, very much it's what we've been asking from our collaborators around Chicago is their earliest musical memories. And what we found is something that's absolutely fascinating is that even though we come from different countries, different places, different times, there are connections and we find those connections through music. So even though you may be on the other side of the planet, that doesn't mean that you don't know who Santana is. And if you're a classical musician like we are, uh, even though we play that for a living, that doesn't mean that's all we listen to. So we could listen to metal, we could listen to bluegrass, and we are the culmination of all of those different styles and all of those different histories. Mm -hmm. One thing I'd love to note about this project that might not be immediately obvious if you're reading the liner notes is that it was conceived through conversations with cultural partners here in Chicago representing Israel, Iran, Spain, and India. And we had these story circle conversations with them about what was the first song you ever learned to sing? Who taught you that song? What was the significance of it? And found so many different connections that were parallels between groups that are sometimes within a challenging political environment with one another. So what happened is that a lot of those early memories, the melodies from them, the stories that we heard came into the way we selected music for this. So it wasn't just actually the musicians on the album that participated. It was other cultural groups here in Chicago. Well, how did that work? So you spoke to some of these groups, groups in Chicago representing Israel, Spain, Iran, and India. You spoke to musicians from these organizations, and what did they tell you? How did that transfer into what you did on the album? Sure. So we actually spoke to members of the Israeli consulate, Ion India, Pasfarda, representing Iran, and also Instituto Cervantes. And the idea was to get everybody together in a room and start asking some of these general questions about what music means to us in our culture, and specifically around the idea of our earliest musical memories. And this is something that Fifth House loves to do, is to use our projects as an opportunity not just for us to create and tell stories of our own, but also for different communities of people or partners outside of the field of music to tell stories through the projects that we create. So it's not an unusual thing for us to do, but it's one that really makes the whole project so much richer because we're having a conversation around what we're doing. It's not something we're building just in our own little studio. 
Did you have a jam session that day or was it just a discussion? You know, we didn't have a jam session per se, but what we did ask people to do was to sing some of those early uh, songs. Mm -hmm. And we captured all of that on video. So during uh -huh. the show itself, there's a five minute little mini documentary that's cut together that shows some of what we got in terms of stories and also has images and sound of people singing some of those melodies. We've been talking about native tongues. This is one of the cuts on the album that features the full complement of Fifth House and Balladino. Talk a bit about this recording session. What went down on this one? And is it through composed or improvised or both? It has elements of both, okay. absolutely. And this is the one that's the most deeply connected to the idea of musical memory. So it begins with Dorme Dorme, which is a song that Yael's grandmother used to sing to her. And this music is all Jewish Sephardic music, and her grandmother is Ladino as well. So she has that culture, that language, and that music in her blood. So the piece is through composed by Dan, but there are elements of improvisation for Fifth House and also for Balladino throughout. And in preparing the piece, he asked each of us for some of these early musical memories. So you'll notice that it travels from place to place as you listen and is a really good way for you to hear different members of the group expressing those. This is one of the longest selections on the album, so we're going to hear just an excerpt. It's Native Tongues. It's from an album called Nedudim. It features the full complement of members of Fifth House Ensemble and Balladino.
we've heard an excerpt from the very moody Native Tongues by Dan Visconti as performed by Fifth House Ensemble and Balladino on their new album, Nedudim. Melissa, that selection just creates a mood that it's hard to put a word to it. It's just very mysterious. Definitely true. And one thing that I have to say about having both Steve Rodby and Bill Malone on this project is that they created the most amazing vistas in terms of the sound on each track. It really transports you to a different place every track you're listening to on the album. And I greatly respect that because that was really the purpose of the music behind it. And so to be able to capture that through the sound world that is created is just an amazing thing to hear. Bill Malone is, of course, Sadie Records' chief engineer, who engineers almost all of our albums, as well as all of these wonderful podcasts. What was it like, Bill, to be in this session, which for you must have been a bit unusual? You don't often engineer albums quite of this kind? That's right, Steve. And really, the only others that I've done in this, I don't want to say the pop technique, but in recording studio with people isolated in their own rooms and in their own little worlds. The only other ones I've done have been with 8th Blackbird. It was a lot of fun. It was very educational. I learned a lot of stuff from working with Mr. Rodby that I have since applied to other projects, and it hasn't even been that long since we did this, but it was a real treat. Was Native Tongues done in one take? Well, none of them were really done in one take. By that I meant they might have played it three or four times, but was it one complete take? That is pretty much the way we approached all of them, Mm -hmm. yes. I should note that that is not typically the way Bill and I work when I produce with him on straight-ahead classical pieces. Typically, there'll be a few takes of a full movement, but then we usually work in sections. It gets smaller and smaller as we try to cover specific things, right? Exactly. That was something that was really wonderful about working with Steve, though, is that he had this way of capturing an arc. And I think that that's why doing these takes in such a long form was the best idea, because he was so good at creating the build and understanding the emotional impact of what was happening in the room. And for us as artists, the biggest challenge was making sure that we maintain that connection and that emotion even separated in rooms in what could otherwise turn into a sterile environment. So it's a good thing that through this process, we became really, really good friends. Yeah, he knew, he knew exactly what to say at any point to just spark confidence in each of the players to drive them to want to do more and get out of the box, which is, uh, again, a something difficult for a classical musician to really get outside of the box. And you could just see the eyes light up when we hit that solar, when we knew we had it in the bag. It was just an amazing experience. You talked at the beginning of this program about Fifth House's mission to bring new audiences to classical music. With Balladino in Israel, I guess you won't be performing a lot with them. So are you going to rely just on the album to try to do that? Well, the great news is that Balladino is internationally touring, and they've been touring the United States for the last couple of years through Arts Midwest, which is wonderful. So they'll be back as well for extended tours next year, and we're building more performances around Nedudim to promote the album and just to get this great music out there, because the album is fantastic, and the live experience is magical in its own way as well. So this is a genre-busting album for Fifth House and Balladino, but also for Sadie. So the president here, uh, Jim, what prompted I mean, this does break out for Sadie. It's a very different kind of album. Are you sticking your neck out? And what was it about this concept that you liked? Actually, I love the idea of intersecting different genres. I think Eighth Blackbird's discs certainly cross in different ways. For example, and they've been hugely successful. And in fact, I challenged Fifth House when they came to me saying we'd like to do a second album. And I said, let's try to find something that will really... Because well, our first album was great. It was a wonderful, modern, classical chamber music album. But I felt it didn't really 
stand out as much as I would have hoped. So I said, let's try to come up with something that will really, really stand you out. You did it this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. And I was just thinking when we were talking about the way it's recorded, the challenge of you being in different rooms and communicating together, but at the same time getting that wonderful arc by playing all the way through, which is the exact opposite of what would be on a typical CD or classical album where you'd have all the musicians in one room, so you'd have that kind of communication. But usually musicians are very keen on, oh, I have to get the ensemble right on this note, or I'm just not quite in tune with this other instrument here, so we've got to go over this section as many times as it takes just to get that perfect. And obviously this was a very different approach. And I will say that that's also something that we had to balance at every stage of this process. There's a balance between freedom and precision. There's a balance when you're talking about contemporary classical music and improvised or popular folk music between complexity and simplicity. And those are all things that through the compositional process and in the studio and being in the booth and deciding which takes, we had to keep all of those things in balance and in mind. We're going to feature one more selection from this wonderful album, Nedudim. And by the way, what does Nedudim mean? I forgot to ask you. It's wanderer in Hebrew. So it definitely captures the traveling aspect of this. Jewish people have done a lot of wandering, so <laughs> it fits. It's an album that features Fifth House Ensemble, based in Chicago, and Belladino, based in Israel. And one more selection, La Esclava, traditional song arranged by Thomas Mokad and Dan Visconti. Tell us about this piece. So again, it's another piece that is straight out of the Ladino repertoire and similar to many of the others that you'll hear on this album tells a great story. So it's about a slave and a queen, I believe, who find out that they're actually sisters and they only discover this when each of them has a baby fathered by the same king and they hear the voice of the other singing to their child. Now, this features members of Fifth House and Belladino, but not the complete Fifth House. Eric Snows is on double bass, who happens to be married to the lady you just heard talking, Melissa. Eric, tell us, you're on this cut. What I think makes this piece particularly amazing is that it's always going to get people on their feet and moving and dancing. And unlike the classical experience where a lot of times you're hoping that they don't take an expensive nap while you're playing, this album and the concerts that we put get everybody on their feet. And when people are screaming and yelling and dancing while you're playing, it is one of the most invigorating experiences for us. Let's listen to La Esclava from Nedudim. <laughs> Thank you. 
Esclava really did get us off the food. We were dancing here in the studios. Tremendous. It's the sixth cut on this wonderful album, Nedudim, featuring members of Fifth House Ensemble and Balladino, a group from Israel that was traditional, arranged by Thomas Mokit and Dan Visconti. Wonderful cut. Thank you. Very lively. One of the things that I want to note about the process that Balladino uses to approach this music is that they don't take music that is really ancient and try and do it in exactly the way that it would have been done originally at that time. What they do is they use everything at their disposal, their classical training, their experience in jazz and electronica and improvisation, and also their experience playing all different kinds of music from all over the world. And they pull together all these things and create arrangements that are authentic, yet completely modern. So what you're hearing here is a traditional song that only contains verses, which they wrote a chorus to because they know that we're used to hearing a repetitive chorus in between those verses. And then they laid it on top of a really complicated rhythm that belongs to another culture altogether. It's probably a Turkish rhythm of some kind. So what's really cool is that they pull all these things together and it makes us all want to dance in the end. Mm -hmm. Totally unique album called Nedudim, again featuring... Fifth House Ensemble from Chicago and Balladino from Israel, and it's on CD Records. It's a brand new release, and I congratulate all of you on this project. It's terrific. Thank you. Now, Fifth House Ensemble, we have Eric and Melissa here. What's next for Fifth House, both in terms of touring and projects and maybe a new recording? Sure. So the next thing we have coming up is our summer music festival called Fresh Ink, where we invite composers and instrumentalists from around the country for two weeks. 
And we have the composers come in and write new compositions for different combinations of chamber music groups that we form during those two weeks. And on top of doing performances throughout Milwaukee, Kenosha, and Chicago, we do an in-depth entrepreneurship training. So that by the time they leave there, that they have the tools that they may not be getting at the universities, things that we weren't taught and that we had to learn on our own. We want to pass that along to the next generation so that they can take on their own entrepreneur endeavors. How long have you been doing that? This is our fifth year. And again, it's called? Fresh Ink, Fresh I-N-C. And the composers who are involved in that are both Dan Visconti and Stacey Garrup. Dan Visconti and Stacey Garrup, yeah. Absolutely. So we invite 16 composers up to age 32 to join us. Dan and Stacy help them to refine their pieces that then get premiered at the festival. And we're also working with preformed ensembles and instrumentalists from all over the country to work with us for the festival. Mm-hmm. Another one of the projects that we've got going on right now is a tour called Journey Live, where we collaborated with composer Austin Wintery, Sony and that game company to do their video game called Journey. And it's a live representation of this. So what we did is we worked with the ranger Patrick O'Malley, and we invited video game players on stage with us to play the video game live and we are responsive to their live game play so if they move forward we move forward if they move back we move back so it's almost like a live modern opera so we've been fortunate to take that to the music and gaming festival in baltimore we had over 2500 people and gamers just fell in love with it and we've been taking that around the country and so we'll be performing at national sawdust in july and taking it to calgary and a bunch of other locations can i get journey on twitch are you a twitcher yes you can see the full live performance at magfest It's unlike any other game that you could experience. It's not one of those that's about collecting or destroying. It's very much about the experience itself, and you're guided by the music. The player. Yes. The score for Journey is actually the first score for a video game ever to be nominated for a Grammy. And the reason is that it is so intrinsically linked to the player's actions. Every time you play the game, it's a little bit different, and your actions trigger different responses in the score. For instance, if you and another player who's playing anonymously online side by side with you are not within a certain distance of one another during the game, the viola never plays. The rules are that entry hit. However, it happens so seamlessly that it sounds as if it's a completely through composed score every time you play. So that's the challenge for us as musicians is to also make those transitions as seamlessly as the game is played. Are you guys the Grammy nominated performers? No, actually, Austin did a lot of this with two soloists on flute and on cello, and he recorded some of it with the symphony orchestra, but a lot of it is also electronic. So this is the first full score that exists of the score for Journey and also the first live performance version. One other thing that's coming up next for Fifth House is that we're excited to premiere a new piece by Stacey Garrup, which is commissioned by the Fromm Foundation. We have that in hand now. We're going to be performing it in the upcoming 2016-2017 season, and it's called And All Time. So we're really excited to have that. Stacey is also a CD artist, so hopefully there's a chance to record that one as well in the future. Is it for the whole ensemble? It is. Wonderful. Well, that's a very exciting couple of projects you have coming up. It's actually rather mind-blowing, and I wish you the best of luck with everything. Eric Snoza, our guest, double bass with Fifth House and Melissa Snoza flute, talking about their album Nedudim on the wonderful Sadie Records label, and it is Sadie number 164. Rush out and buy it, download it, stream it, or however else you want to listen to it. Thank you all very much. Sadie Records is a non-profit recording label dedicated to producing classical recordings of the highest quality, featuring outstanding musicians from Chicago. Sales of CDs and downloads cover less than 20% of our expenses, so we rely on your charitable contributions to fulfill our mission. Please visit sadierecords.org, that's C-E-D-I-L-L-E, records.org, 
for more information on how you can support Chicago artists through Sadie.